Slash Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we'll be having a discussion about current cattle market conditions and the outlook as we move through the rest of this fall into the winter. Joining me today is Dr. David Anderson, who's a livestock marketing specialist with Texas A&M. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Anderson. Hey, it's great to be with you, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. Well, Dr. Anderson, it's been a while since we've had a conversation, and I thought just as we look at some of the current circumstances that we're seeing this fall and kind of wanted to get your perspective, your take on things that are shaping the market right now and also things that may have an influence as we move through the rest of the fall into the winter, what are some things producers might want to keep an eye on, pay attention to as they think about marketing and risk management for their operation? Well, I think we got a couple big things going on. Um, one is certainly rising feed costs. Uh, whether we're thinking about uh, really corn, soybeans, those kinds of things that really drive feedlot rations, as those prices have really skyrocketed, you know, it's been good for our farmers, but not so good on the cattle side. And so, as those as those prices have gone up, rising feed costs, I think that's really the big source of declining calf prices over the last six weeks or so. You know, if you would ask me, you know, eight or nine months ago, I would have said, you know, I think our calf prices this fall fundamentally would be higher than they were last fall. And we've drifted below a year ago in terms of prices. And it's really, I think, strictly because of those rising feed costs. I think the second big thing is drought. Boy, if you look at the drought monitor map, most of the western half of the U.S. is in some form of drought. And if we look around here where I am, I'm in College Station, Texas, uh, we really see dry conditions really starting to expand and take hold across probably most of the state. We've got some parts of West Texas in, in, in the exceptional drought category. So as we think about that, are we, are we starting to see some, some uh, maybe some forced culling or some decisions to cull some animals earlier? I think we probably are in, in terms of moving some cows, making some earlier decisions, uh, maybe not keeping some into next year. We probably have some of that going on as well. But where this drought part and, and dry conditions hit us too is, is rising hay costs. Uh, and we're certainly gonna use that to get through the winter. But uh, as part of that rising feed cops complex, the hay part is, is, I think, really hitting us on the cow-calf side also. But, you know, with those, with drought conditions and rising hay costs from a, you know, we really think about that in terms of how that affects our production costs. And should we use that knowledge to sort of start the, making some decisions about, well, you know, just, just how much of this high-priced hay is should I really be trying to feed? Do I need to reduce the number of mouths? Maybe not quite to that point yet for a lot of folks, but, you know, I don't think it hurts to think about this, you know, as early as you can so that you've, you've got some of those decisions already together in your mind, some of the information you need. So, you know, I think the drought part, the dry conditions, rising hay costs really hit us in a couple of ways too. Declining calf prices, uh, but also some rising costs. You know, as we look at the cow herd inventory, and again, we're going to know those numbers a little more in detail after the first of the year when USDA gives their projections. But it sure appears, uh, based on some conversation you and I had earlier, that probably going to be looking at smaller cow herd numbers across much of the, I'd say, western half of the United States where we've seen drought conditions. 
give your perspective in terms of why you think cow numbers are going to be less based on the information you're getting. Well, first off, I, I would I would project that when we get the beef cow herd in the U.S., I, I think come next year we're going to have a smaller herd than we had this year. And, and some of that is just cyclical. What drives a cattle cycle? We, we peaked in 2019 in terms of the cow herd. We're starting to decline in numbers. You know, we can often think about that as, as, as just related to prices. As we start seeing prices that are unprofitable, uh, falling calf prices, we start culling into our herds a little deeper, reducing those numbers uh, to later to boost prices. And, and it's, so it's, a, it's an economic uh, consequence of lower prices. Uh, but because of the biological nature of cattle, you know, it takes a while for this to happen. We can kill them fast. Building a herd takes more time. But uh, we've really got this, the next part of this cattle cycle going. Uh, if we looked at the total number of beef cows uh, slaughtered this year, the data goes through the end of October. So we've got a full 10 months of, of slaughter data. We compare to a year ago, uh, we've slaughtered about 2% more beef cows than we did last year uh, through this point uh, on a smaller herd. So what that implies is we are sending a little larger percent of the herd to, to, to slaughter. So we, you know, we're really cutting into our herds a little bit. I do expect too that we'll probably uh, have fewer heifers enter the herd. Certainly with, with lower calf prices, we may sell some more of those heifers to boost our cash flow. I think that's also typically what we would see in a, in a uh, cattle cycle. And I think the other big factor is drought again. Uh, with these very dry conditions ap- across a lot of the, the plains, uh, Texas and the western in western U.S. Certainly, those dry conditions force us to cull into our herds as well. And so, uh, the combination of those factors—low calf prices, uh, rising feed costs, drought conditions—you know—I think that really sets us up for a smaller cow herd next year. As you look at just kind of some of the other things that are going on, obviously, COVID has had an impact on on beef production, beef prices this year. Uh, we're kind of in a season right now where we're seeing that ramp up again. Uh, I guess from your perspective, as we look at moving product on through the pipeline and, and getting it to consumers, what do you kind of see happening as we look to the next two to six months? You know, I think that's a pretty fascinating topic. Um, you know, if we think about it, if we go back to when this started uh, and, and really the rippling effects of coronavirus through We'll limit it to sort of our cattle industry, cattle and beef industry, but but really affects the whole economy and so many people. Uh, we started with restaurants shutting down, packing plant problem, which forced the next rippling effect on how many cattle we put on feed. So we we cut placements in March by over twenty percent. Uh, you know, according to USDA's cattle on feed data, really in response to all of this, and now those effects are rippling back through and. We're starting a, a just another surge of cases everywhere. And so, you know, looking forward to next year, uh, you know, I, I think as I describe it, I've been getting this question a lot from folks. Um, I think everything is dependent on the path of coronavirus and our recovery from that. All the way from, you know, restaurants reopening. And, and quite honestly, we lost a lot of higher-end restaurants in the U.S. Uh, that probably won't come back. 
And we move a lot of high-end beef through those high-end restaurants. Uh, we think about steakhouse and places. That's you know, We move a lot of our high-end stuff that way. But beyond that, you know, the millions of people who have lost their jobs, uh, the income effects of this coronavirus on our economy, I think is, is, is pretty huge. And, it, and so where, where we go really depends on that path of recovery, I think, more than, more than anything else, which really gets us into this idea of beef demand and, and what's going on. I tend to think, you know, we entered this with a growing economy Really, uh, I would argue the strongest beef demand we've had in, in, uh, over the last several years that we've had in decades. And so uh, really with rising incomes, growing demand for beef, particularly growing demand for higher quality grade beef, uh, more prime, more choice. And, and as an industry, you know, ranchers have responded to that price signal over the last 20 years or so by changing our cattle, producing uh, cattle that are going to produce choice and prime beef. Uh, and so we've really met that in some ways on the production side, we were ahead of it, but, but this demand has caught up to that better uh, quality grade supply we're producing. And so we've really matched what the demand growth has been. So I say that to, to sort of make the case that I think fundamentally, our consumers, you know, all of our folks in the U.S., our fundamental view or taste and preference for beef, I think, is actually quite good. I think our holdup is a recession, coronavirus, the path of that. You know, I think if we can get, start seeing recovery, if, you know, vaccine's going to help a lot. And, and that, again, before we can really start getting that, that's going to be well into 2021 from, you know, that part of, of what I read about that and the science part of it. But that underlying feeling or demand for beef, I think, actually is quite good. And so I think what that sets us up for is, is as we see recovery, you know, I think one of the things we'll get is some um, increased purchases. Uh, we get restaurant activity back. I think that helps. Uh, a, a huge amount. Uh, at the same time, if we think about where we are in the cattle cycle with uh, declining numbers of cattle, which means declining beef production. At the same time, we get economic recovery and that demand rebound happening across our economy. I think we're set up out there in the future. Now, this may be two years away for some uh, for some much better prices, simply because we get economic recovery. Uh, we get to a better place from a, from a health standpoint, a wellness standpoint across our whole country. And at the same time, with a little tighter supplies, I think we get a boom in prices. And so, you know, that's, that's out there two years, let's say, but it's really dependent on this path of recovery. And I think that's the biggest uncertainty out there in the, in the marketplace. But I think fundamentally, as we think about it, I think there's really, we, we should have a sense of optimism about where the industry is going, I think. If you're sitting in the chair of a cow-calf producer today, what are some things that you would be paying attention to, maybe some decisions you'd be evaluating and making based on current circumstances? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I think the basics are always important. Uh, think about your costs. 
as we're in these dry conditions, if you're in a drought area, I think we really got to think about our uh, stocking rate, uh, the number of animals that we have. Uh, I think if we look back historically in terms of prices, you know, we always want to wait to cull because, gosh, it might rain next week. And so we wait and we wait and we wait. Uh, I think we look back historically, we would see some evidence that um, it pays to make some decisions earlier rather than later. And I think if you if we do that, I think we preserve our available feedstuffs, our, our range and pasture for our more productive animals. Uh, I think we, we end up cutting our costs in terms of the amount of feed that we're going to buy to get through what we normally would get through winter, but also a dry winter. So I think we can manage our costs. We can at least think about that. Really pay attention to stocking rate uh, ideas. And, and you know what, if, if we do that, that's really a, that's very much a basic kind of view of, of, you know, sticking with the basics. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, uh, to me, that's where I start. And while uh, I might be really interested in the broader market conditions and, and uh, what's going on in terms of demand and exports and all of these other things, there are some basics that are really close to home that we ought to, that we ought to stick with a lot. If I was going to think beyond that a little bit, you know, I, you know, I think there are some uh, really interesting strategies that different folks are working on in terms of uh, feeding cows if you have the setup on the ranch to do it, where you might actually, we might be able to uh, deliver the same or better nutritional content to our cows, keep them in better shape, but feeding some other feedstuffs besides hay. Uh, you know, hay has some advantages because it's, it's pretty easy to use, but you know, there might be some other strategies with some other feedstuffs that might allow us to uh, really cut some of those winter costs or those feed costs over the winter uh, dramatically in some cases. But it depends on kind of the infrastructure on the ranch and what you're set up to do. And, and it, they can take a bunch more time in terms of, of feeding and things like that. But that's just a couple of ideas, I think, going forward. Anything else, Dr. Anderson, you think would be good for folks to be thinking through as we point towards wrapping this up? No, not really. I, I think many times the simple stuff is, is often the best, the basics, you know, our costs, maybe making some earlier decisions on, on some culling or to cull a little extra, really pay attention to those to kind of fine tune things. Uh, you know, to me, that's a a uh, pretty smart thing to do, but it's, you know, one of the, one of the basics things, there's no, that's not really a silver bullet or anything. Uh, I do think, you know, if you have an interest in, in the broader market, uh, you know, our exports have rebounded quite a bit from the, from the lows of this summer that were really, uh, again, coronavirus affected. As our prices skyrocketed, that really cut out a lot of our exports. Yet our, so as prices have come down, our exports are rebounding. The imported beef is coming down. Uh, so I think we have uh, so many uh, just market volatility. It's all coronavirus related. Uh, but, I, you know, the other thing I'd keep my eye on is I do believe that we have a lot of factors out there from a basic fundamental demand standpoint to give us some optimism as an industry going forward. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Anderson. You're welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. I sure appreciate it. And, and for everybody listening, uh, happy Thanksgiving.
Well, for more information on Dr. Anderson and his work there with Texas A&M, I'd encourage you to look him up at College Station there. Uh, you can find his website and some of the resources there. For more information on limit feeding cows or some of the things that were talked about today in terms of options for managing cows with limited hay, there's resources at the beef.unl.edu website.